everyone, my name is Colin, and you are watching Beyond the Panel. Uh, this is part two of what is now going to be four parts, retrospective on the Dark Knight himself, Batman. In this episode, Plan and I sit down and we really dissect the definitive Batman stories of the 80s, starting with The Dark Knight Rises, sorry, The Dark Knight Returns, and going into uh, Arkham Asylum, a series house on Sirius Earth. Of course, these two lovely books beside me are also covered as well. Uh, we also get into a deep analysis of the Bat family, who they are, what their fighting styles are, and why we love them so much. So, please sit down, grab your popcorn, grab your drinks, enjoy the near two-hour epic of myself and Plan uh, getting into the dark days of Batman. So, enjoy. And we're here with Plan! Hello. Hello. So, Great to uh, be back. you did so well, we decided to bring you back. You decided to keep me around. Thanks, yeah, boss. It had absolutely nothing to do with the fact that we were already planning, you know, a three-part series or anything. It was just because we liked you. Yeah, well, the viewers, the view, you are, uh, I uh, demanded. The uh, people uh, wanted to see more, see I more plans, so I had to be built like. But ironically, and this isn't a slight on you, um, for actual time viewed this is the lowest out of the past like our, our batman retrospective was like the lowest time viewed out of the past like five videos that's God not that has nothing to do with you at all just completely serendipitous wow yeah I, you know so, you know what it you know yeah you know <laughs> it's your, your twitter clout it's not doing what you thought it would it's not pulling those numbers hey. We gotta pump up those numbers. Those are rookie numbers. Those are rookie numbers, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, yeah. No. We're, we're doing it anyways. We do it for the fun of it. We do it for the love of the game. The fame is an added bonus, but that's you have right. to do it. That's right. right. So, we left the, the Dark Knight off last week. Uh, not so dark at all, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was... Pretty, pretty sunny, cheery. Uh, this is... Well... Nine, ah, okay, not totally, but, like, more so than he, he's going to be... In what, you what we're talking... Especially with what we're talking about now. I mean, if you look at the books next yeah. to me, it's fairly clear that we've got some darker runs coming up. I mean, Joker graces the cover of the book to my right, and the book to my left says Long Halloween, which... You know, very appropriate. It's very October. appropriate for October. It's very appropriate. <laughs> well, we're actually going to be covering that uh, on another show at some point. That's a yeah. little tease for you eagle-eared viewers out there. Yes. Um, but yeah, so what what happened to Batman next? The sales were plummeting. Where did he go next? Well, he well first he went through uh this the the very first crisis ever mm -hmm. uh, well one of the first well you could argue other events count as crises but the very first crisis ever crisis on the Earth Batman and, like yeah. a lot of and I mean this is boys. this is when people say crisis this is the crisis we think of um yeah to be fair no nobody hears crisis and immediately is like ah zero hour ah <laughs> ah. <laughs> Identity crisis. <laughs> ah, final, f final crisis. No, it's you hear crisis. Oh, it's, prime time. it's It's crisis on infinite earths. Yeah, and like every single time, like something does, like a, like a TV show or a, or whatever does, like a 
event, which is supposed to be like a crisis, it's literally they usually just call it crisis in fairness. Yeah, I mean the CW. They don't, is, a, they don't it, call it zero in, hour. In fairness, the CW's adaptation of Crisis on Infinite Earths slapped pretty hard. Yeah, like I, 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 I heard a lot of good things because they went, you know, yeah. I let's, actually, let's I can't, I, I've completely tapped out of the CW shows. I care so little. Um, that's a whole other rabbit trail I'm not going to go down. But uh, I, I always tune back in for the yearly. Crossover. The yearly crossover. Because that, to me, is where they feel the most comic booky and the most fun. And I can't recommend Crisis on Infinite Earths enough. Uh, if you liked Superman Returns, you're gonna love seeing Brandon Routh play a Kingdom Come Superman, because he did great. Yeah. If you like Kevin Conroy, and how can you not like Kevin Conroy? He plays Bruce Wayne in live action for Finally. the first time ever, and. It is not what you thought it was. I everybody, I think going into it, everyone's like, ah, he's an old Bruce Wayne. It's going to be, he's going to be like the Batman Beyond Bruce Wayne. No, he is yeah. a Bruce Wayne in an exosuit who has like lost all hope completely and is like, ah, murdering criminals is fine. It's the only way they're going to stay down. And Kevin Conroy's delivery is terrifying. Yeah, so yeah watch you know it. I, I, I people were i didn't watch it but i know a lot of people were like oh i don't like that i was like i like that because kevin conroy has never really gotten the chance to play evil batman before exactly and i i I get it he ever got was um was justice lord's batman Mm -hmm. but that wasn't really evil he was like the goodest member of the justice lord right and i get wanting like the desire to see like oh this is like my childhood i want to see it on screen as i envisioned it but I think it was a nice subversion of expectations there. And it, you could tell Kevin Conroy enjoyed his role. You know? Yeah. But seriously, Crisis on Infinite Earths was fantastic. Well, so. But yeah, Batman, because, like, Batman goes into crisis now. Oh, I'm sorry, you were saying something. And I interrupted you. Oh, uh, I was going to say, like, uh, it was very fun to see him get a live action role because kevin conroy does not get a love kevin conroy is one of is uh, is in the same league as like adam west i think but in sort of a different direction yeah he knows he's batman like he's he's happy to be batman he's not one of the actors like well i want to branch out i want to be more kevin conroy is content to play batman for the rest of his life i think you and i can't blame him because he he makes a lot of money yeah i mean i think you could tell mark hamill that he'd be playing uh, some version of the Joker till the end of time, and he'd be like, of course, and then he'd do the laugh. Because <laughs> what's funny to me is with Mark Hamill, it's like, okay, obviously he's done other voice roles that aren't the Joker, but how many times does he end up doing a voice role that's like, okay, but this is just the Joker again? <laughs> uh, yeah. Like in the uh, 90s, and Spider-Man cartoon. Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill. He played Hobgoblin. He played Hobgoblin, and I was Basically doing just the joke. And I'm like... You're just doing your Joker voice. He played the trickster, which was just the Joker. And yeah. it's great. He's so good at hamming it up and uh or hamling it up. Haha. I uh-huh, think I think he's better at these twisted Joker analogs than he was in the Star Wars original trilogy, and you can take that to the bank. 
Oh no, that's entirely true. Because the thing about it was he was very young. He was yep. not as used to acting when he did the original yep. trilogy. Yep. He did great. Don't get me wrong. Oh, no, but his sure. he's had better roles like Joker. Uh, and yeah, like, something I love about Mark Hamill, we do move on, yeah. is that like he he knows he's Luke Skywalker. He knows he's the Joker. He doesn't care. He's not like that. He's not like Harrison Ford, who's like oh, I've yeah. done more than oh, I, I Han Solo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like Mark Hamill's like, yeah, I know I'm the Joker. I know I'm I I know I'm Luke Skywalker. I think mm. that's awesome. Yeah, and he he clearly he relishes in it. And he has a lot of fun with it, and he, he enjoys being part of nerd culture, um, and it's great. So yeah, but uh, all that to say, Batman entered Crisis. Oh, yeah. Now, yeah. I am not a Crisis expert. Oh, neither am I. I can't, like, I cannot give you the exact, like, um, like what Batman was doing during Crisis, but I should, I think it's worth mentioning because... This is when Earth One Batman didn't really die, but was erased more or less. Yes. Because they were like, "Okay, everything's too complicated. Make it simple again." And then they made it complicated again. But they want to make it simple, so they all condensed everything into one. Yeah, that's that's always going to be the nature of comics. It's too complicated. Make it simple. Okay, we're going to make it complicated. Now we're going to make it simple again. Yeah. And it's always going to be like and that. It'll become, it'll it'll take, it's always going to become complicated because you're dealing with a character over decades. Yeah, and like many different writers. Exactly. And the way I write Batman is going to be different from the way you write Batman. And when we were just talking yeah. uh, on Monday night, it was the way, yeah. you would, the way you would draw Batman is different from the way I would draw Batman. I would have him sneak her, yeah. and you would go for the bigger one. right? And, and, and it's, everybody is going to yeah. interpret it differently. And uh, yeah, so Crisis rebooted the DC Universe. And if you want to see about a crisis in the Marvel Universe, check out the video that AA and I did. Oh, yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, good a video. You guys pick it up. Slickly plugged myself. <laughs> a. And on the mentioning of Big Batman, I'll also plug myself. Um, uh, I'm going to have, uh, under my pinned tweet and my Twitter linked in the description, you can find my pitches for my series of Batman games. Which, which you is totally read. Because oh, yeah. they're fantastic. Uh, you introduced, and I love this, the Nemesis system from Shadow of Mordor and Shadow of War into the Batman games, which I think is really cool, and I'm excited to see how you expand upon oh. that. And it works, and you can even call it the Nemesis system because it's under WB. Yep. That's the exact idea. Well, That's why I've always had the idea of, like, WB are making... Yeah, exactly. Er, you own the, you then, already own the Nemesis system. Just use it. Um, no, yeah. and you pitch great ideas of common thugs. If they somehow manage to evade you, they rise up the ranks and possibly take on a costumed identity themselves um, of like a really like C-tier villain or even original characters, and it's really cool. And, uh, of course, in the sequel, I also pitched the idea, like, you'd have reoccurring foes. Yeah. Like, very silvery characters. Like, the very first mission that you play, well, the very first when you get to play Batman, is Batman and Robin go and beat up Crazy Quilt. Yeah. And it's fun. And it's... let's... Yeah, not to get too... This isn't about that, but, like, it's fun. I hope you guys do check please, it out. Because... Please go read that. Um... Again, Plan's Twitter is linked in the description. She's done a great job. You've done such a good job on this. Yep. 
uh i want to play the games i like the it feels like you've pulled from every element of batman mythos from every interpretation of the character to create what you feel like is this definitive batman experience and it shows yeah a definitive for me i know not everyone will be like oh this is i don't like but i feel like it's my defense i feel like there's elements of like you know the adams and the miller and tim burton and a little bit of christian uh, a little bit of christopher nolan a little bit of everyone's batman has come together to create like this very much this definitive envisioning it's a little bit golden age it's a little bit silver age a little bit modern Mm -hmm. i kind of all three of those eras together because i don't see why they can't kind of coexist oh, yeah. and you're definitely you're working much as we are in this video series you're working through a timeline with the character yeah you know you're working through we're starting out in the first few years of his career and then we're going to introduce robin and that's why i'm so excited to see where you keep going with this because i'm excited to see how robin grows into nightwing and if we get another robin and how batman's suit evolves because you're doing very intentional suit evolution throughout the oh, games. Yeah. And it's great, but again, we're not here to yeah. talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> albeit I would, I'm not teasing anything, but I would not be against doing an episode on that. Uh, I I've actually thought about it. Like, let's just sit down and pitch your whole series of Batman games, and I'll throw yeah, some tie act- ideas in. Like, let's just pitch a DC gaming verse. Like, starting from the ground up with your Batman games. We should do that. Let's do it sometime. We should do that. Uh, we should do that because I'm already doing that, so it'd be fun to do exactly. with friends. And it would be fun for me to throw in my ideas. Like, I'll take a Green Lantern core game, and I'll throw it into your thing. And at the end, we smash it all together into a big-ass Justice League game. You know? Exactly. And it's, okay. it's what the but... people want. It's what the people need. It gets the people going. It gets the people riled up. It's provocative. Um, Anyways. That and the fact, before we move on, I'd actually also be able to go more into detail because you can only say so much in in Twitter. In tweets. Um, So anyways, uh, where were we? Crisis. Batman crisis happened. And now we had a new Batman with like no history. Well, it was complicated because they were like, he had history, but also he still does kind of have history. Yeah, and I... Because they didn't, like, start off exactly with Batman being like, oh, he's new Batman. Like, he had Jason Todd. Like, this, he was had a second Robin. Yeah. This was a Batman who was quite a bit in his career. Yeah, and that's that's the weird thing DC always does with their crises or their flashpoints, is it's like, no, 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 everything's brand new, uh, but also, y- all the stuff you liked happened already. That is like exactly the same. Yeah, and that was the weirdest thing about tr- trying to suss through uh, New 52, which we'll obviously get into next time, but it's like... Batman's only been active for five years, but uh, Bane and, and Killing Joke and all that stuff you Bane really liked, all that all happened already. But but it's only been five years. It's like, uh, yeah. okay? Yeah, it was insane because, like, you're telling me he went through four Robins. Yeah, four, and, and, like, in you? five years. And so he adopted Dick Grayson, and Dick Grayson aged out of being Robin and became Nightwing in five years. And also, yeah, the Justice and League like, have never formed yet, but uh, all the cool stuff that you remember probably still happened because that was New Fifty Two, and it yeah. was a mess. <laughs> but yeah. 
I think I think uh, the original Crisis did it best because it was the first one. They no, kind of, it was a fresher idea. I I think and I think Rebirth also was really good. Uh, a Rebirth because Rebirth built up what the new Fifty Two had established. I, I still, and sort of I still don't understand it. how Rebirth came about. I thought it came through convergence, but it was like two years after. Yeah, it was. I feel like they wanted to do it after convergence, but they didn't. Yeah, and then they were like, "That would have made sense." Mm. But uh, what doesn't make sense is how off on tangents we're going. Oh uh, yeah, you know <laughs> we're terrible. We're trying not to go off tangents, but the thing about it is that's that. I feel like that's the fun part of the show, it seeing is, what we talk about. It's. Uh, I was I was listening to Comic Pop today, and uh, Tiff put it best, where it's we're gonna get there. But it's about the journey. Um, it's it's okay, about the friends we make along the way. It's about the friends we make along the way. Um, um, but yeah, so yeah. post-crisis... Earth 1 Batman was gone. Yes. Earth 1 Batman was gone. And, and now we had New Earth Batman. Yes. And so New Earth Batman, while still having history, was more of a clean slate. There was an opportunity to redefine the character, and that redefinition came in the form of the legendary Frank Miller. Oh yeah, um, very early on into the New Earth thing, your your regularly scheduled Batman just stopped because yeah. it happened. The year one happened. Mm-hmm. Well, we should, well to be fair, Dark Knight Returns came first, but I want to talk about Year One first because that's actually in continuity. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we should talk about Dark Knight Returns first, because that set the table for everything else we're going to talk about this episode. Oh, yeah, that's true. So we'll talk about Dark Knight Returns first. This... Um, I'll set the groundwork. Yeah, um, go for it. Uh, if, for those who don't know, the Dark Knight Returns is a story which kind of created the old Batman trope. I'm sure everyone knows old Batman. That's, a, that's a, its own trope by now. We and it was created by Frank it. Miller. Like yeah, we, we already talked about it. We literally already yeah. talked about it. Yeah, that was also very much inspired by Frank Miller. Frank Miller did something which had been kind of done before, but did in a more interesting way. He said, I, I, I remember a quote from him where he was like, I think the idea came of making Batman an old man came from how Frank realized, I'm I'm older than Batman now, because Frank had been reading mm-hmm. Batman since he was like a kid. As and... Now that he was like in his in like his and he was like in his early fifties, late forties, and he was like, "I'm older than Batman is." That's weird. Yeah, I'm older than Batman. So he wanted to write a story about a old Batman, a Batman who'd kind of aged. And like, there's a whole Frank Miller verse, but I head canon. I like to head canon that the Frank the Dark Knight Returns Batman. I like to think there's a standalone universe where none of the sequels happened. There's yeah. no Miller verse. There's no All-Star. Batman Yeah, no All-Star. Batman started in 1939, went until the 70s, retired, came back in the 80s. Yes. They've they've complicated it with like all this stuff, but that's my headcanon. Is and, that and he, I agree this with is that, a bat- is that like let's say it's Earth 75 or whatever where yeah. he he became Batman when he was like he he became Batman Early in like, 1940, right when he was like 20 years old like 21 years old fresh faced did it for 30 years became like he's like 50 something and then he's like no i'm done and then 10 years later he's like and we're we're back and he's like in his 60s well he 
I, if I recall correctly, yeah, he is like 65. I, I can never remember if he's like 55 or 65. I think I, 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 I'm going to go with 65 because I'm going to be honest, 55 isn't that old. My dad's older than 55 yeah. and my dad isn't yeah, that old. Yeah, 65. <clears throat> he stopped in the 60s. 65, you can be retired. All right. Yeah. You know, he's on his bat pension now. He's on his bat pension. He's yeah. got the bat credit card. Right. He's got the bat platinum card. Uh, he's got the bat wheelchair and. Uh, bat wheel the the bat visa the bat the bat the bat the bat Lamborghini. Bat Lamborghini. Bat everything. Um, bat. But anyways, he's yeah. Got the bat this is set in an alternate future in which Bruce Wayne retired as Batman, but after after the death of Robin, albeit I should establish this. They never say which Robin it was, just, so it oh, could have been Dick Grayson. The original story. Let's like let's I, say it was after Joker killed Jason Todd, just, just for yeah. That's what the animated movie does. That's why, like, they slightly altered it in the animated uh, part part one and two of mm-hmm. uh, the animated Dark Knight Returns movie. They explicitly said it was Jason, and I like that better. I like the idea, like, because they never say this. So there's like, oh, Robin died. And later on, they did establish that with Jason Todd, but that was an idea somebody else came up with. I probably call correctly. And like, it's a good it idea never, it, because he is a Robin who canonically died. Um, yeah, and it, it it's very possible that there's a branch timeline where the death pushed Bruce a little further, and so yeah, yeah he's retired, but he's still chasing. And thrills. he is. Yeah, he's chasing thrills because. Frank Miller writes interesting Batman. Mm-hmm. He writes Batman in kind of a, a kind of a way that became popular in the eighties. He writes Batman as a man who is genuinely mentally ill. Yeah. And Batman is a part of him. The thing about it is, of course, a later writer established. Batman is the personality. Bruce Wayne is a mask that Batman uh, puts on. And I feel like we've gotten away from that in recent years. And it's Oh it's, yeah, they've kind of gone away. Very much become based on the writer. And I personally prefer where they're equal. They're two sides of the same coin. Neither is a mask. Yeah. It's he is equally Bruce Wayne and Batman. He is Bruce Wayne. He is a playboy. He cares about Gotham. He cares about his company. He cares about his friends and family. But then there's Batman, which is all drive and and focus. And I like that rather than ah oh, yeah. I like that. Crafted too. this new identity, and now I will pretend to be a human being because I am a bat. Well, it never was that. It was never like, I am a bat, I am, I'm not human. The idea was, like, when the Waynes died, Bruce Wayne, the person, the eight-year-old yeah. boy, buried himself deep within. It's and true. Batman, it's not like a, it's not like an alternate personality. Some people think it is that. That's it not, is not no. So now, it is, I define it more as like a trauma shield. Mm-hmm. Like, I do this to protect myself. Yeah. It's how I protect myself from like these feelings and that's kind of what frank miller does too i'll be frank miller frank miller leans a little bit heavier onto like the alternate personality thing in the story but it's not i don't see it like oh he has an alternate personality who's batman i see it more as batman is who he is and he lets bruce wayne out but yeah. a part of him's like this is not right and yeah. that and the side of him that is batman is like you need to let me out again and, and, and that's it, exactly what happens of course and that's very much evident in the miller stuff and again it's yeah. you can interpret batman however you want he's a character for everyone yeah um so he i personally before we do move on i like i like the idea of like 
Batman being Batman and like Bruce Wayne's kind of more of a mask. I'll be I like the fact that it's a part of him, mm-hmm. but I like the idea that like he kind of shows up and has a mask because I think it contrasts better with the modern perception of Superman because they're very day and night sort of characters. And the fact that they're best friends, I think it really yeah. contrasts really well because you see, because in the modern era, Clark Kent is the because in, in the golden age, they're like, oh, Clark Kent's just a mask, Superman. I prefer the idea, and that's what they do now, is that Clark Kent is the is Superman. Yeah. Superman, the identity. He's not, he doesn't like, he doesn't have like an alternate personality or anything. Yeah. He doesn't, Superman, the, the only name. real difference in his behavior as Clark Kent is he might be a little bit quieter, but he, and that's mostly at the Daily Planet to yeah. not the have The difference is that he makes himself act more clumsy. That's really it. Um, He's quieter and he acts but, more clumsy. But, but when you take the Clark Kent who goes home to Ma and Pa Kent or is alone with Lois, uh, essentially, when the glasses come off, he can be just as much Clark Kent in Superman when he's with Lois, when he's raising John, when he's with his parents. He is that person who grew up wanting to do right. And that person grew up wanting to do right, happened to have powers, and decided to put on a costume. Yeah, exactly. The, that's what I, I think that's, I think it works, I think it works as a great contrast to Batman. Yeah. Batman creates Superman. a, the Batman, I love Superman too, I love Superman. He puts on the Batman identity so that he does not have to be afraid anymore. Yeah. So that he can he can do this war on crime oh, yeah, without her. In... Batman, yeah. Oh, wow. And we'll definitely touch upon that in this era. And Superman does it because that's what the right thing to do. And I love characters like that. It's like, why do you do what you do? Because, because it's, right. I, it's, it's, it's why it's I love Supes. It's why I love Captain America. It's why I love the Flash. Because. Yeah. Especially, and in, Batman is also like that in a way, but not quite. He, he's become more like that in recent years. In this era, we're talking yeah. about it's he does it because he has to, because he doesn't have. A yeah, choice. because he has to. But we're getting off track. Superman will come up again later, but we're touching so, upon. The uh, anyways, Dark Knight returns. Uh, Bruce, I'm gonna just kind of give the Cliff's notes on it. Bruce is watching TV. Uh, sees this mutant gang, not actually mutants, but mutant gang, committing violent crimes, and he decides to just, he, he, he can't stand it, it's raining, the rain is a like a baptism symbol, and he's like, I'm gonna be Batman again. Yeah, I loved the scene before this, I, I cannot remember for life of me, because it's been forever the comic, but I did rewatch the anime movie a couple months ago. Yeah. Um... <clears throat> Is there's this amazing scene where he goes down to the Batcave and like he's looking at like the Robin suit, and Alfred comes down. He must be like ninety at this point. Oh, of course. Because Alfred was like in his fifties when Bruce was twenty. Yeah. This Bruce is in his sixties. Alfred must be like. Alfred is a hundred. Alfred is held together by duct tape. <laughs> by duct tape and the sheer force of his own English determination. And his he has to serve master weight. Yeah. <laughs> and his stiff upper lip. <laughs> and his stiff upper lip. And uh, I love the scene because he goes down, and when Bruce is going, oh, I just had to remember a promise, Alfred goes, when did you shave? And it's like, Bruce didn't even realize that he shaved because Batman can't have a mustache. Yeah, I, and I'm not going to lie. I hated seeing Bruce with a mustache. I liked it thematically because it made sense. Because he's like, like, I'm not Batman anymore. I don't have to have not. I don't have to like keep myself clean shaven. 
Yeah, I think it'd be hilarious. It, like, and it's also, if I go out as Batman with this mustache, people are going to be like, hey, Batman didn't have a mustache before, and neither did Bruce Wayne, but now Bruce Wayne has a mustache, and Batman has a... Hey! Yeah, I mean, that would be very easy to put together. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's already kind of easy to put together if you give it, like, 30 minutes of thought. <laughs> Reminds me of that joke from Comic-Con, uh, The Earth One, where, like, where Gordon puts up his hand and covers the top of bat of Bruce Wayne's face and goes, "Can you say something?" Yeah, and you just see how your chin moves. <laughs> well, and, and if you think about it, in all honesty, look, who can afford to do this? Who has the time and the resources? Oh, Bruce Wayne. Oh, Bruce Wayne was gone for like fifteen years. No one knows where he was, and he came back. Like Bruce Wayne. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, you're talking about like his origin. Yeah. I was gonna say, well, in the Dark Knight himself, he like is still a public figure. No, no, no. I mean, it's it's like Bruce Wayne left for a lot of years, and he came back, and then when he came back, Batman showed up. It's uh, hmm, hmm, hmm. I like the idea. It's like that's like kind of like Superman. People people don't assume that Batman. And yeah, has a secret no, and they think you Batman all the time. I, I mean, as the readers who we were, were in on the secret, I feel like for us, we're like, well, duh, if you just think about it. But if you look at someone like Clark Kent, who it's like, yeah, he's just this reporter I work with who can't even uh, fix a paper jam on his own. You're not going to be like, I bet he's Superman. Yeah, and same thing with Batman. Like, uh, of course, Bruce Wayne, depending on the incarnation, is either like a dumb playboy or... He he's a himbo, basically. Yeah, he's a himbo. He's, he has himbo qualities. Yeah. Or at least that's the mask that Batman puts on as Bruce Wayne. He makes it. He and he like changes his voice. He talks in a different cadence. Oh yeah. He changes oh, yeah. like how he walks. How I, I he do, I don't talks. Think, I don't think the himbo is a mask though. Because I feel look, like it's a part of him. Look, if I feel he like just, it's a part if, of him, but it's not the just, dominant part. If he was just hitting on the women, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, it's a mask. But no, nah, he's taking them home. He's actually sleeping with Catwoman. Uh, he he's dates Catwoman. In the comics, he's in a steady relationship with Catwoman. Like, you can't be like, Sometimes. oh, yeah, I'm, I'm in a relationship, but it's a mask. No, no. Like, as Bruce no. Wayne, as a human being, you want that connection. But Catwoman yeah. works because it's someone who... As Selena Kyle, she can fulfill also you. Also gets the whole dual identity thing. Exactly. She gets it. And I think she helps. I love their relationship. I do I too. I think she helps bring the two sides, the Bruce and the Batman, together in a way that no one else can. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And that's actually something we'll touch upon later on as well, because yes. there's a couple stories that do your Catwoman. Like, yeah. hush, but uh, we'll get into that. You can continue. Back, back return, we'll get I'm just not interrupting you. <laughs> Don't return, no, don't worry. Follow me. Um, in short, Batman has some awesome scenes where he comes back. He's wearing the blue. Yes. In the gray, initially. Before he switches to the classic Frank Miller black with the big bat symbol, he has the oval and everything. Yeah. And I've meant, I was talking about this with Colin the other day, and as Colin mentioned just earlier, I love Frank Miller's Batman. Yes. I Because Batman's big. And I mentioned this before, like, if people still think so. But you can be like a mountain of muscle and still be incredibly agile. You you like him as the and big like I, boy. yeah. It's not even just that. Like I like him to be Batman, but I like the idea that Batman's bigger. It it gives more of a contrast. I'm like Dick Grayson or Tim Drake. 
because they're all kind of just shaped the same. Right, and and like as I said, I imagine Nightwing, especially as as a gymnast. You know, he is he is. He's a gymnast. He's a lot more slim. Yeah, like, I like the idea that like Batman. If you got Bruce, who stands, I assume mentally at like six foot two. You know, you've got Nightwing topping Can't out like a good five like, eleven, but like a slim, muscular five eleven. Yeah, my thing is, I want the, the the Bat family to have more body diversity. Like Tim is overweight. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, no. But in, like, in head, I like I like them to be shaped more Tim distinct. The way. Once they're all fully Tim, grown, Tim's the shortest. Tim's like, the shortest. Da- da- Damien like outgrows five. him. <laughs> no, I've always thought that Damien will be like six one. D- Damien, I feel like it is the kid who it's like he's the runt of the litter when he's a kid, but he hits like fifteen and suddenly just shoots up. Oh yeah, definitely. And like, Alfred's like, Master Damien, how are you going through so many costumes? You keep outgrowing them, and like Dick just can't well, contain his laughter at this. And and then and then Dick's like, or and then Damien's like, well, time to start wearing a trench coat. Yeah. Um. Jason. Yes. Jason is built a little bit more like Bruce. Especially when he becomes yeah. Red Hood, he he packs on the muscle, and uh, he he's he probably ends up like the most muscular out of everyone. Yeah, because he he adopts a much more brutal style. Um, Damien's Dam- muscles crack his neck. Yeah, Damien is like incredibly slim with like just enough muscle to do what he needs to do, and Tim is I not. I think he's more similar to Dick. Ultimately, yeah, but because because he's, he's not, trying to emulate his Batman, and it's it's the ninja, the ninja build because he ninja, yeah. he fights like the League of Assassins, and and Tim, as you've said, is the detective of the family. So he yeah. can he can Tim afford to be, not be the big one. Yeah, in my head, because we're going off of like sort of like ideas of how they look. Bruce is about 6'4", because that's how he tall he is in the Arkham games. Like, he's about 6'4". Okay. At least when Batman... I think he wears heels. I think he wears heels. I think, like, Bruce is 6'2", but Batman wears <laughs> Batman, tiny little heels. Batman up there, and, like, do these he- how do he just... How my butt look in these heels? In these stilettos. <laughs> and Dick is just like, stop. Stop. <laughs> Dad, please stop. But, yeah, like... I think I think in the Batman regalia he stands about six four. Okay. He's very I I I says four. I like Batman being big, not as big as Frank Miller's Batman. That's because I think that's much. kind of him putting on some. That's 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 much. Yeah. I like him being more. Ben Affleck. I like him being a little bit bigger than Affleck, but around that size. You're exactly right. But like, um, like big, proportionally. Muscular. Right, because Ben Affleck I don't think is six four. So you make Ben Affleck six four. Yeah. And proportionalize that. So, uh, he he ends up with the body type of Jason Momoa's Aquaman. Yeah, that's exactly what I want. Where it's like, like, it's like, this man is cut. I want, he should be able to crack a watermelon in half with his bicep. Because <laughs> that's. That's what I imagine because, like, there's that there's that famous scene and you're one of him kicking a, a tree apart. Batman cannot oh, do that unless he is it, jacked. It, it just at this point it sounds like we're thirsting for Batman. <laughs> do, do not look at my Twitter. I do that. Sometimes. All right, guys. Here's Planet I picture our thirst trap. 
Bat Family? Our first trap Bat Family uh, comic. But yes, um, <laughs> Bruce is a bit bigger, a lot taller. Yeah. He's he's. I like him have being more intelligent, more detective-y, but I want his body to be like, oh, yes, this is. is a man who can, like, throw around a f- full-grown human being yes. easily. Uh, Dick Grayson... And, of course, as Bruce Wayne, he'd wear bigger suits. Yeah, Dick Grayson... And stuff like that to hide his feet. 5'11", um, muscular, like, um... If I, yeah. If I, have to, if I have to compare him to someone, um... I'm just trying to think of someone else who's got, like, an easily recognizable body type. I give Dick Grayson almost more like a Spider-Man muscular. Yeah, I I was about to say, actually, like, very Spider-Man sort of build. He's yes. more of a gymnast, but he has, but he has the muscles. I think, I think that's part of why he, he uses the sticks, his charisma sticks. Yeah, is because he, he has more. Guy. Yeah, like, I feel like he tried it for a while. Like, oh, oh yeah, I'll beat people up like Bruce does with his big brawler build. And, and it was like, I can do this as well. I'm going to get these shocky sticks. Exactly. And, beat and when, like I imagine that. Night, when I imagine Nightwing fighting, I imagine a lot more like handsprings into kicks. Like, he's going to use his own momentum more. Bruce is going to be the one who, like, kind of ground and pounds you a little bit. No, Dick is flipping yeah. around. Uh, and, and it's, it's, I imagine Dick is a graceful fighter. It's like watching oh, he's him. He's a graceful fighter. Like if we have to apply elements to the characters, Bruce fights like Earth. Yeah. It's, it's I think Bruce fight have... Yes, exactly. Uh, uh, Dick like, fights like water. In all sorts of martial arts, like I, I the free flow fighting system from the Arkham series. Yeah. Kind of a good idea. Not as, like, jumpy. I don't want Batman, like, launching across the room like that, but you get my point. Yeah, like, use the, kind of like that. The, ben, like use the, the grab yes. line to, like, zip kick. I see him doing that. Yeah, I see him doing that. But in the flea flow contest system, which you get a high enough combo, there could be an enemy on the opposite, like, a, a opposite side of a massive room, and you can hit the punch button, and Batman will just, like, teleport. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, exactly. Uh, D- Dick is, again, like, he's very flowy, like, water. Um, so that's kind of how I Dick envision him. Very, in, in my version, like, I think Dick's very flowy. He's, Dick hits the sensitive areas to, like, take you out quickly. Yeah. Bruce will beat you up brutally. Oh, Bruce yeah. breaks arms and limbs and just punches and kicks. And he's, like, doing boxing moves. He's doing, boxing. Uh, like, kickboxing. That, that, that is a good way to describe Bruce. Bruce with, like, a kickboxing Whereas, as Dick is infusing gymnastics into his style. Yeah. Um, and I think, think by far, though, even though I think Bruce is brutal, I think Jason's far more brutal. Like, oh, yeah. Jason J- J- like, Jason's gonna shoot you, and that's it. No, like, um, Even outside of shooting someone, like, he's got, like, this, he's big. I, I agree with you, like, Jason's probably around Bruce's size. Like, he's I, very big. He's I very do big. not see, I see Batman incorporating some gymnastics into his style occasionally, like a spin kick here or there. Jason, once the he occasional becomes, round pal. Yeah, Jason, once he becomes Red Hood, I don't see that. I see just jabs, uppercuts, knees to the guts, uh, slamming people's face into his knee. Just It's yeah, a very exactly. brutal, almost a UFC style from Jason. Yeah, I was actually going to like, because he doesn't mind killing people. I think exactly. Bruce is brutal. Bruce is doing moves that can't kill you. Yeah. Jason 
Bruce, doing some stuff that could totally kill you Bruce is like, if just accidentally. Bruce is like, I'm gonna clap you on the side of the head, and you won't be able to hear from He's gonna discombobulate you like Sherlock Holmes. Like Exa that's exactly what I'm thinking of. He's gonna do the Holmes thing. Jason is like, I don't care how many broken ribs you have. I don't care if you're coughing up blood when I'm done with you, but I will be done with you. And uh, So he puts a gun in your mouth. <laughs> to, to continue with the element, Jason is fire. Jason is fire, it and is, it is rampant. It is Tim raging. Is, yeah, Tim is like wind. I guess would be like wind, because he he he's not as strong. Because of course, I think by far the slimmest one of the bunch is Tim. Because Tim fights mostly using his bow staff. Yeah. Although he can't punch people, of course. He most that's why I think it's one one of the reasons why he incorporates the bow staff. It's because I don't like I don't I don't really like Dick or Jason one. using the bow staff. He's, yeah, he's the smaller one. And so he uses that bow staff to, like, augment his range. Because he knows what his weakness is, is that he's smaller. He's getting that range in. He's using big sweeping motions with it. And also, yeah. you know, pushing himself off of it into acrobatic maneuvers. But I also feel yeah. like Tim tries to avoid fighting whenever possible. Oh, yeah, Tim tries to avoid fighting whenever possible. When he has to, I feel like he definitely uses the bow staff to make up for, like, the strength he does not have. Exactly. Of course, I feel like, of course, Bruce would most definitely train him in all of his techniques, so he oh, knows yeah. how to do them. It's but just, as they get older, use his own style. As they get older, they start developing their own style. Because it's like, I feel like Batman trains all the Robins, and, like, here's, here's the Robin training program, you know, and he's got a PowerPoint. Yeah. Um, and, and as they get older, I think, they, they I, I agree. I think, I think... I think Bruce trains them and how he fights. He's like, okay, do your own thing. Yeah. I want to see what you yeah. can do with this. Because he doesn't want them to just fight like him because then they become predictable. And as for Damien, uh, I mean, we've used the four elements. Not I would all. say Damien is darkness. I'm going to... Yeah, yeah, you're right. I, I, I associate him with metal because I think by far Damien is by, by far the most complex of the four. Because mm. he's like... By the time he was eight, he knew basically every single martial art Bruce had mastered by the time he was twenty. Yeah, I think like I think we'd see he's Damien, a show off. We'd see Damien taking elements from everyone except probably Jason. Yeah, like he's take yeah out of spite. <laughs> no, but like it's also because because yeah. Damien, yeah. I, I I never see Damien having the muscle to back up, uh, the like the headmakers oh, yeah. and I stuff. I think. I feel like he's more kind of like Dick and Bill. Yes. But like he's not he he got muscle, but he is not exactly strong enough to like he, break someone half. He's like a little bit of Tim, a little bit of Dick, a little bit of Bruce in his fighting style. Yeah. Um No if we're, Jason. If we're gonna, screw you, Jason, I hate you, says Damien. Out of spite. Spite. Da Damien I won't is learn how spite. to fight like you out of Damien yeah, is that's, just a that's what makes him go. That was like, that's his driving force in life, spite. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, I mean, we could just spend this entire episode analyzing the Bat family. You, like, you know what, what? maybe one day we'll do the Bat family retrospective, just but for real, now, let's get back to Batman. Real quick, what makes each of them go? Batman, it's his drive. Uh, Dick, it's his morals. It's um, his morals. Jason is his... Anger. His all. Yeah, anger, exactly. <laughs> Fury. Uh, Tim... Uh, in his intelligence, yeah, his desire to do good, yeah. and Damien is. You know, is what? You know what? I'll go back and and I'll say for Dick, it's his heart. 
it's his heart. Yeah, and like and I think Kim's the mo- one or more. Um, I, I and again like going back to heroes who do good because it's the right thing to do. To me, that's Dick Grayson. Yeah, Dick, I I like the idea like Dick Bruce is like my greatest success was Dick because oh, Dick grew up. One hundred percent, and that's why uh, if I. Who, when Bruce does bite the bullet, inevitably, Dick needs to be the we'll, one to pick up the We'll get into that. Of Batman. Uh, sorry, I, just, I love Dick Grayson so much. I love Dick Grayson. I, I love Nightwing okay. almost we more are than I love Batman. Alright, alright. Back to Dark Turns. I'm going to skip all the stuff so we can get through Things to the happen. best parts. It's angry. Things happen. Uh, he fights Two-Face... He uh, fights the mutants and he loses, but he also meets a new Robin from Carrie Kelly. Yes. Carrie Kelly is a little girl, like probably only like 14 or so. She is inspired by Batman because he saved her and she's inspired. And so she buys a Robin costume from the store and just kind of fights small crime in her neighborhood. And she wears, yeah, she wears glasses instead of the domino mask. I think they even make a joke about she's like, oh, the domino mask is so dumb. I'm going to wear these glasses and stuff. I don't like them. (laughs) And uh, I hate them. She rescues Batman after he nearly dies fighting the mutant leader. Yes. He actually takes him in and makes her his new Robin. I like how the animated uh, the anime movie did because they had him briefly hallucinate that it was Jason. Oh, okay. I think it's very emotional and a very good way to show that. I should watch the. And I like and that. I I do like. Oh, you should. I, I should like the uh I like the scene afterwards where she, where he he says his name to her because he's like I don't care. Yeah. She's seen the inside of the Batmobile. Why not let her? Why not let her be Robin? Uh, Joker, and, uh, Joker's been in a coma-ish. Oh yeah, of. he's been catatonic uh, ever since Batman retired because not truly catatonic. I like the idea. He's just been sitting there. He just—he's not like truly catatonic. He's just pretending. He, or he, like, but he's pretending so well. Like he just simply doesn't care. It's like, oh, Batman's yeah. gone. The it's game is line, over. Like, there's even a line where somebody says, like, do you think he's, he doesn't even, what, what do you think he cares about? I don't know what he cares about, he doesn't even sweat. Yeah, like, Joker, it, it, Batman retires, and Joker's like, well, what's the point? So he just sits yeah. down and shuts it's, up. It's very much the animated series, that whole, like, without Batman, crime has no punchline. No, it's like, I I only do this because of him, because it, it's entertaining to screw with him. He's gone. I don't care anymore. Uh, but Batman and then as soon as Batman comes back, and... or shortly after Batman, it's not like as soon as he comes back, but once he's truly back, and once it's once he's 100% news, back, once he's like, okay, well, time, to be, time to be me. Yeah, he, he basically just gets up, he's like, all right, and he, he goes on TV and he kills people. Well, of course, like, I like how they did because they kind of parodied, like, new age therapy and psychology. Oh, yeah. Which... I like. Don't don't be wrong. I think people with mental illness should get therapy. I'm not one of those Batman fans or whatever. <laughs> oh, just but like, up the mentally ill. Yeah, I'm not one of those people. But like, You're not Batman. they definitely Frank Miller definitely did that whole thing of like how like oh well he's insane like yeah. he's not accountable for his actions. Yes, they may be insane. They may not be in control of their actions, but there is a limit. When oh, you're the yeah. Joker, you pass surpass yeah. that. Yeah, like look, okay, if you're insane and not in control of your actions and you're you're getting into a lot of fights and and you're doing small crimes, okay, we can rehabilitate you. When you are mass-murdering cities... Nuking. Yeah, when you're, like, nuking cities, that, yeah. that's when we drop yeah. one. Oh, um, you mean I wasn't supposed to put my specially designed toxin that I took hours to work on in a city's water supply? Well, I'm insane. I didn't know any better. Okay, but, like... Uh, yeah. 
And they definitely pair that with this character called Dr. Wobbler or something. Yeah, it's, it's not that. Yeah. It's it's kind of like a Polish name, and I can't pronounce it for life of me. But he's like he's this parody of like the moral guardian yeah. character, because of course in the Dark Knight Returns, Frank Miller uses like news imagery, and it firmly grounds it in the eighties. With every sequel, he's like, oh no, it didn't actually take place in the eighties. No, it took place in the eighties, Frank. Yeah, like, because you cemented it in the eighties in that culture. Ronald Reagan was the president. Yeah, you did things he's here that you Reagan. can't just pretend you didn't do. Yeah, like, it's very much the 80s, and that's yeah. how I've always considered it. This is a story that takes place in 1987. Yeah, uh, so Joker comes back, and Batman... And I should touch upon with the Joker. Like, Miller does this weird thing where, like, he has his this Joker. Not all of his Jokers, but this Joker specifically is... People say, like, he's not, but it's very obvious that, like, this Joker is in love with Batman in, oh, yeah. in like, a weird way. I think most I, Jokers I, are, to some extent well, to greater extent like this is one of the ones where he makes sexual window window like he knows he knows he's he's on top of it where he's like yeah i'm in love with you and i think that, that was intentionally <laughs> well yeah I, I i won't get into that for the viewer's sake but um you can go read that yeah. yourself or watch the animated movie yeah. But um, I feel like it's worth mentioning yeah. because that's a unique element so of this Joker that he, he it's one of the yeah they fight and, and well him. of course Joker goes on TV kills a lot of people Batman goes after him and then they fight and people say Batman kills the Joker which I guess he kind of does yeah and that's it so the Joker's dead finally yeah kinda people say he hallucinates it. But it's kind of unclear because he he tries to snap Joker's neck. I love the line because it's different in the comic, but I prefer what they did in the movie where he goes like, "What was that?" It was like Batman is beating Joker and he goes, "The the the people I murdered because I let you live," which I like because it's exactly. like it's kind of Batman justifying himself. Like I'm about to kill him. Well, and it, 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 I've it, had enough. It shows that this Batman who for so long had his no kill rule, um. This is not the same Batman you're used to. He is grim and he is angry, and the rules don't apply anymore. And like they've established that like he probably killed Robin, so he's like, I've had enough. Yeah. Joker, this game has gone on long enough. So, so he tries to snap his neck, yeah. or he, and he maybe he succeeds. It's kind of unclear. I think it's kind of left open whether or not him. he's hallucinating it. I think he kills him too, but they kind of leave it open whether or not like joker like can like paralyze and kills himself or if he's hallucinating that yeah. i like the idea that he hallucinates that sort of like to help with his conscience like oh i didn't kill him oh like hallucinates joker snapping his own neck yeah especially because like after that i believe he's like looks at joker's corpse and goes stop laughing which kind of implies that yeah. like uh, he's hallucinating that joker's cool. and it, like you mentioned miller is writing batman as very mentally ill um, yeah, like he's out. Plus, he's also like stabbed. He's like bleeding. Yeah, so. He's bleeding out. He's old. He's mentally ill. He's had how many brain injuries from getting beat on? Um, he's not well. And yeah, he's not. This results in Ronald Reagan sending his stooge after yeah, him. Yeah, explicitly Ronald Reagan. Let's make that clear to everybody. It is Ronald it's Reagan. They never say his name, but he is Ronald Reagan. They draw him as Ronald Reagan. Frank Miller has him talk like Ronald Reagan. He is Ronald Reagan. My fellow Americans. My fellow Americans, yeah. And, they, and he sent his stooge. And I should know, because we didn't bring this up, 
uh, they did kind of like a Watchmen thing with this. Right. Where yes, super, superheroes important. have been quote unquote banned. So the only, and, only superhero that's active is Superman, and even that is under shadow. Yeah, like he, because he's fast enough, he can operate without being seen. Yeah, so he's he's going at such a speed, cameras aren't picking him up, so he's interfering in things that Reagan wants done, and uh, like of course, d- during the eighties, it's like fighting the Soviet Union. And exactly. Stuff like that. So he sends Superman after Batman, and this gives us what Batman versus Superman ruined, uh, which is Batman armoring up and fighting Superman. Yeah, and. Uh, people want to be like, of course, like, the weird Batman fans are like, well, Batman could beat Superman. No. no. Superman was holding back because Batman is his best friend. And he let him And he doesn't want to kill. Yeah, he let him win. Of course, I don't think, like, I feel like Bruce definitely did some real damage, but if Superman, if Supes wanted, if Clark wanted, could have literally just punched Bruce into the stratosphere. He could have just laser visioned him, heat visioned him, and melted the armor to him, and then ripped him in half. Like or he could just—he just grabbed him and flew into the yeah, sun. People, people who want to justify, oh, so and so can beat Superman, forget what Superman's actual power level is. Yeah, yeah, he's insanely powerful. Like, but the thing about Superman is, Superman holds back with everyone. Uh, also, I think it's in a sequel to Dark Knight Returns, and we don't talk about those, but. Batman's watching Superman fight someone else and just tear them apart, and he like mutters to himself like, "Oh, he let me win." Yeah, like I do like the line that Batman says, "Like I want you to look at me and know that I'm the man who beat you." And it's like I like that line. Oh, that's fun because yeah, you don't be no nobody has ever except for Doomsday. Nobody beats Superman. <laughs> You slow yeah. him down. And if they do, Superman comes back and beats them harder. Yeah. Um which is again why when I was when I was in my like thirteen to eighteen, I was like, Oh man, Superman sucks, he's too powerful. Now yeah, I was the same way. Now I'm twenty four years old and I'm grown up and I'm like, nah man, Superman's great because Superman's he, great. He is a god among men and here he is being like, Look, uh I'm gonna help y'all and uh Sure, I'll let Batman punch me every once in a while just to get it out of his system. I love Superman yeah. now. I I I I have a deep appreciation for the character. I love that character because, like, you we we'll talk about Superman in another time. If, but if, of if course, anybody wants, Batman. Just a, a real quick recommendation: if anybody wants a couple things to see why I love the character of Superman so much, uh, the two movies I cannot recommend enough are DC. So Justice League: The New Frontier and uh, Superman versus the Elite. Uh, if you want to read, uh, uh, comic, and, uh, in terms of comics, I will suggest. What's so funny about Truth and Justice and uh, DC's New Frontier, or the comic versions of those film adaptations I just mentioned? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, definitely that, and um, of course, like the the comic adaptations of those, are, like the comic adaptation of Superman versus the Elite is called Whatever Happened to Truth, Justice in the American Way. But no, that's what's, one of the it's what's so funny um, about Truth and Justice is what it's called. Is it? Yeah, you're you're mixing it up a little bit with whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow. Oh yeah, it was. Which yeah, you're right. What's so funny about What's so funny about Truth, Justice, and the American Way? Yes. You're right. Yeah, and uh, also, but yeah, um, read, also read I suggest to the Man of Tomorrow. Yeah, read whatever happened to Man of Tomorrow. Also, read Superman Peace by yeah. Paul D. and Alex Ross. That's a very great short Is story, which shows, which shows, yeah, 
peace on it's, it's peace on earth. You're right. Is that I love that story because trying to feed the world in a day. Yeah, yeah. Um, th that's why I love I love that story because it's people are like, oh, Superman sucks because he's punches every problem and it goes away. No, the stories. Yes, Superman punches villains because that's fun to draw. But at his core, fun to look at. He's a humanitarian. Yeah, but at his core, every good Superman story is about his struggle. Yeah. And that's why I love Peace on Earth. That shows the best. His struggle in that story is, I want to get rid of world hunger, but I can't. Even with all my power, I can't do stuff like that. Well, and it's because, and, and it's, it's even, can't. it's so well set up because it's, well, Pa Kent taught me that the world provides enough for everyone, but people are greedy. Yeah, it's and, it's like and people I, agree, and even just, I, with all my powers, cannot do this task. And, and so, just I'm going to quickly summarize it because it is a beautiful story, and it's one of my favorites. And I have not read it in comic form, but I've read a lot of synopses of it, and I do love it. Um, and it's one I keep looking to read. Uh, basically, Superman talks to the world government. He gets all the surplus wheat and grain, and he tries to deliver them to impoverished nations. And some, it goes smoothly. He delivers to one place where a little girl is like, oh, will you, will you be back tomorrow with more? And he's like struck by the fact that, oh, this isn't going to last them very long. One dictator, uh, like smiling, shakes Superman's hand, but it's very clear that he's going to hoard this. And yeah, and he basically says like, well, give it to me and all the truth to my people, and even he though it's he just wants to keep it for himself. And uh, one, one nation... And things are many involved, and he gets in, they shoot him. Yeah, it's and they start nuke it, trying to fire missiles at him, and so the grain falls yeah. down, and it's, like, irradiated. And he's like, now this is of no use to anyone. Yeah. And it, it basically... Yeah. Superman realizes, like, I am so powerful... And I can't fix this. But I can't do this. And it's, yeah. it, it kind of ends up... It's a bit of a schmaltzy message, but uh, it kind of ends with Superman being like, we all need to work together. And I think, yeah. I think Paul D. Very... gets the DC universe. Yeah, he does. That's what I like about that story. I, that's the story I give to people who want to, like, how do I get introduced to Superman? You read this. Because yeah. it shows Superman's character perfectly. It's, it's, it's a, a very story. basic message, but it's... The thing about it, I love like that sort of like series of stories that Paul D and Alex Ross did was they aren't the most deep, but they have good messages and they're good introductions to the character. And you get to look that, at that Alex Ross's artwork. Yeah, Alex Ross is a god among men. Alex Ross, for those who don't know, paints his comic art. Yeah, he paints superhero comics. And the thing about it is, and this is why I think that people should stop saying, "Well, comic costumes don't work on screen," because he draws real. He uses actual yeah. models and he paints these people like people in spandex and it looks awesome it's, and I, that's my issue with like yeah. a thing like oh we need to make it look realistic what, what, no these are people what, wearing you, spandex yeah, it's basically what usually doesn't translate to screen is the color yeah um i think we found that out the hard way in avengers 2012 when they're like oh, yeah. we'll make a captain america suit and he looked like crap yeah like, uh, if you use the right selection of colors, yeah. those costumes can um, look good. Because, you know, you think, you think of uh, Iron Man looks incredible, Captain America in Endgame looks incredible. Uh, it's, yeah. You can, you can do it. Yeah, you can do it. Give, yes. give, give me a cloth Batman costume, you cowards. Give it to me on screen. Please do. 
Stop giving him battle school. armor. Please. Yes, I get it. Cool, it's realistic, but what? He's a man who is like a bat. I'll make him realistic. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, but yes. Stop giving him battle armor. I want to see colors. Give me the blue. But yes, how how the Dark Knight Returns ends is that Superman, uh, Bruce fakes his own death. Superman doesn't know this, and I love the thing because he goes like, "But don't look at him," and he covers up Bruce's dead body. Yeah. Or as he thinks his dead body, because that shows their friendship. He's like, he, "I may he may have just be, been beating on me, and it didn't really do anything, but it did hurt, and he does have wounds." Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, okay, I. I, he's my friend and I'm not going to let these people like make a mockery of him by bringing cameras around like filming yeah. his corpse yeah, so yeah and moving on from that which we took an hour to talk about because we went on so many tangents but you know what we have other stuff to talk about we'll have plenty of time Yeah. so moving on we're moving on now back into in continuity more Frank Miller Um. I'll summarize some newer stuff so your regularly scheduled Batman which had Batman, Bruce Wayne, who was fighting KG Beast and rescuing Ronald Reagan. Wow, Reagan really just the... uh, shows up a lot. Yeah, he he disappears casually, and I think they even call him President Reagan. No, of course. They're like, oh yeah, hell, hello, President Reagan. Uh, and like, the, the, I, I love that story, because it's like one of the very first New Earth Batman stories. And... It's literally just like there's just a character and he's a villain. He's called the KGB and he dresses like a, a gimp, <laughs> and he uh, and he like has guns and he's a member. He's a, a assassin for the Soviet Union, and like during this era, Batman had Jason Todd, this is Robin, and he had Alfred. And they were living in the Batcave and it was all really cool. And then we had your regularly scheduled Batman stop for five issues, so Frank Miller could tell another Batman story in the form of Batman Year One, which because is at this time Frank um, Miller was great. He hadn't lost his mind yet. He hadn't lost his mind yet. Like, this was this was the era of greatness for Frank Miller. And ultimately, um, in short, the story is, it's Batman's, the new Earth origin for Batman. They were like, hey, Frank, tell an or you already told, like, a story about old Batman, now tell a story about a young Batman. And for the most part, I like newer, uh, 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 I completely forgot what it was called, uh, year one. But I, I have my issues with it. Um... I don't want. I don't like like Gordon being like new to Gotham as much. Cause I like the idea like he was like a beat cop yeah. when Bruce's parents were shot, so that he can like comfort him. And that's one of the reasons why Bruce trusts Gordon so much. He was like, "Hey, you comforted me when I needed it. I really so like I owe you one." Uh, and the, the Dark Knight series, where it's like, oh, yeah, I also really like they do that in Arkham too. Yeah, you comforted a young boy when he needed it, and I respect you for that. Gary Oldman was great as Commissioner Gordon, no cap. Continue. Oh, he was great. He's, he's one of the best actors for him because he actually looks like the character. Yeah. Anyways, continue. Yes. Uh, year one, it's just, it's for Batman. It's Batman taking on mobsters. There's no costume characters yet. Batman is fighting mobsters, and he's fighting the mafia, and he's working with Harvey Dent, who uh, later on got. It canonically got melted during Long Halloween. Um, holding right now. He's fighting. Up to the camera. Oh yeah, we'll talk. The next thing we're going to talk about is Long Halloween. That's mine. Or That's one of the mine next. to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I was going to let you take that one because I know you love that story. Um, you're one. He's he's working on Harvey Dent, and to touch on the big things, uh, Bruce 
takes down corrupt cops, he takes down the mob families. At the very end of the story, like, Gordon's newborn son, uh, Jim Gordon Jr., uh, gets kidnapped and almost killed. Uh, Bruce, out of Batman costume, saves him because it's the daytime. And I love, the, I love how the story ends, because besides the famous Joker card scene they did in Batman Begins, um, they, like, there's this amazing scene where, like, Bruce loses the motorcycle helmet he was wearing, and mm-hmm. Gordon's glasses are off, and he goes, you know, I can't see a thing without my glasses. And he go, and I, I, I like the idea, like, he actually can, he could see who it was, but he doesn't say anything, because he saved oh, his yeah. son. And he just chooses to not, um... Exposed I like him. the idea that like I like the idea that Jim Gordon could figure out who Batman is because that's just how good he is, but he chooses not to because he, he it's unimportant. He's Batman, and that's all that that all all, all that matters. Yeah, but yeah, that's how the story ends, and this is mostly canonical, mostly canonical. Oh, the other thing I don't like is the whole Catwoman dominatrix thing. I'm not a fan of that. No, nobody is. I think I think Thankfully. I think that's one of the few things. M- Miller likes to do that, I've found, is give people the edgiest origin possible. It's like, ah, they were something really weird. And we're like, okay, yeah. we're going to take parts of what you They did. were dominatrix yeah. and, like, the worst part of Gotham. Like, that's a terrible origin for Catwoman. Yeah. So it's like, like okay, we're going to take, like, take the themes I like of what that you did. Like, yeah, I like that that she's, like, this. she was born, like, in a low-class, tough environment, but I don't want her to be, like, a prostitute. So don't do that, Frank. Yeah, um, no. Moving Catwoman's on, next thing we're going to talk about. Lady. Yeah, she's a class lady. She's high class. Um, we're gonna next we're gonna talk about is uh it's the infamous storyline, and I love this storyline so much. I read it the other day. Which we're one? going to talk about death in the family. Oh, okay. Did I was thinking we should do Long Halloween next because that's kind of like an inadvertent sequel to your one. You know what? Yeah, you're right. Let's do Long Halloween, then we'll do Death in the Family, because okay. so, I was doing it because Long Halloween came out in, like, 90, so, yeah, but yeah, go so ahead. so continuing kind of chronologically through Batman, up next is Long Halloween, and this is written by Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. It is my favorite Batman book ever. It might be one of my favorite comics ever. The art is beautiful, evocative, and in some instances just lurid to look at. Uh, the proportions in everyone are horrifying, but it does a, j- a great job of creating a very gothic and terrifying... As Tim Sowell tends to do. Exactly! It's very gothic, it's very evocative, it's beautiful. Mm. And this, Joker is a monster. Oh yeah, this, this transitions Batman beautifully into kind of his status quo. We see the end yeah, like, of... They even make a point in the story to be like... Yeah, the mobsters are gone. Now we're having all these freaks and in, in colorful exactly. costumes. And so this is, I think, set like during year three. He's encountered a lot of these bad guys once or twice already. Uh, it's he's it's fought, set... he fought Poison Ivy. He's fought Joker. Yeah, he's fought Ivy. He's fought Joker. He's fought Scarecrow. He's fought Mad Hatter. He's fought Solomon Grundy. Yeah. Um, Dent becomes Two Face, and it's it's a murder mystery. It didn't revolutionize the character or anything. It did heavily change Dent's origin. But my favorite part of this outside... This gay brought Dent's origin, and it's great. It's amazing. And what I just... What I love about it is you see this transition into costumed rogues and how Batman and Gordon are handling it. And it's... it, 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 It finishes up with Dark Victory. Uh, kind of completing a little bit of a trilogy of 
Batman's early years, and it. Uh, We're going to ignore year two. Yeah, no, I, I basically consider it to go year one, long Halloween, dark victory, and at the end. Yeah, of the, I do the same thing, the but like they victory, actually were like, no. Yeah, you know that thing people like. Let's make. <laughs> I'm in a Frank Miller. Three, and everyone's like, no. I'm in a, I'm in a, I'm in a Frank Miller. No. And so Dark Victory ends with your Batman status quo. He's got Robin. The mobsters are gone. And Gotham is now overrun with costumes. He has a relationship with Catwoman. As like he they established like some romance with Catwoman. As he should. As they should. I love that. But we'll get to Batcat later on. I want to talk about Hush. But yes. Now we're talking about Long Halloween. All of you, mark your calendars for December. Tom King is doing a Batman Catwoman maxi series. Phantasm's gonna be in. Go buy it. I will. Oh, Oh, by the way, I will bring up your two briefly enough to say it inspired Mask of the Phantasm, which we will be discussing very briefly. Mask of the Phantasm slaps. I love that movie. Yes. We, uh, for those who don't know, we watched that in in, uh, in the Phantom Pelts uh, movie night actually. a while back. We started good. it, but everybody we, got really tired. Well, so, well hey, that's good for you guys to know because hey, maybe soon we'll do that again. Still you on tap. We'll probably. I might do it at the end of October because it's a very Halloween feeling movie. Yeah, a very Halloween feeling. Yeah. It's more Christmassy in some cases, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's Batman. Batman just feels Halloweeny all the time. Batman's always gothic, especially the 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 animated series. Ah, it's great. Our but yeah. Deco and yeah. Anyway, Deco and uh, yeah. Moving into Death in the Family. Oh yeah, I love Death in the Family. I love it so much. Probably because like Jason's one of my favorite Robins. Um, which is ironic because this is the story where he dies. For those who don't know, this is this. I will spoil it obviously because like. Like, that's, that's the defining element. Whenever you read Death in the Family, you go in going, okay, Robin dies. Yeah. And it was insane for the time, because this was before Death of Superman kind of said, yeah. okay, comic book deaths don't matter. And, and this, this was also instrumental in establishing the Joker as the villain for Batman. Yeah. And like, it established that, and also kind of established New Earth, uh, New Earth Joker, because the Joker had appeared here and there, thing in a few books, but they hadn't established him as being any different from old Joker. Yeah. Here they established him as being a darker, edgier version of the Joker the we saw before. Yeah. So many yeah. people take that out because like it's that's my favorite part of the story that they elected a guy who looks like a clown. But but it's like an American clown is now the American ambassador to, I guess, fine, but, like, so I the story guess. takes like, place he was, like, in Iran? Yeah, kinda. I should, for those who don't know, um, prior to this, in the actual, like, mainstream comics, of course, of course, much like uh, Year One, they interrupted your interrupted your, your standard Batman yeah. for Death in the Family. But up to this point, like, Jason had become more aggressive. Like, uh, there was a storyline where Jason like, befriended this girl, and, like, her boyfriend, who was, like, the son of, like, an ambassador, like, she, or, like, she was killed. Like, she was forced yeah. into suicide by this man because he was, like, such a bad person. And there's this famous scene where, where like, Robin Batman falls him, and, like, Batman, and, like, he, and the guy falls to his death. And Batman gets involved, he's like, Jason, did you, did you push him off? And Jason's like, no, he tripped. I scared him and he tripped. But, Later on, they confirmed that he actually did push. Yeah, because Jason is but, aggressive. Yeah. 
Jason had enough because he befriended this girl and she she was an innocent woman who yes. died because of this man. Yes. So he was like, I've had enough. Um, and Jason is I just big want... on the war on crime, but he wants... Yeah, I, estab- I, I want to bring this up to kind of establish, like, Jason and Bruce were having a rough time during this period. Yeah. They were rough. And, like, Bruce was like, you can't be robbed anymore, and he was, like, being hard on him because he was like, I think you murdered somebody. Yeah. Um, you broke the one rule. You killed someone. And... Broke the one rule. You talked about Fight Club. You talked about Fight Club. I, Robin, I've told you many times. Stop. No one talks about the Batcave. <laughs> Robin's like, so, there's still the Batcave's really cool. Shut up. First one of the Batcave. Jason. Oh. Don't talk about the Batcave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, but yeah. Death in the family. No, I don't care about that. I kill people all the time. Don't worry about it. As long as people don't find out, it's fine. Yeah. What do you mean you killed them? I sent them to the hospital with brain damage. You think they're coming out? Nah. Internal hemorrhaging. That's that's not gonna save anybody. Look, look. As long as they don't die while I'm still there, my conscience is clear. That was your problem. You watched him that's die. That's your problem, Mom. <laughs> Jason. That sounds like an ish you, not an ish me. <laughs> okay. Look. If you pushed him and then zipped away. Fine, but you stood there and watched. Now it's on your conscience, and I'm not going to take that. Now, now Jim Gordon could reasonably connect in. I can't allow that. <laughs> but yeah, that was dark. the story basically goes that like that is very dark. But I love. <laughs> We're talking about a very dark story, so it's fitting. Um, to give some background, basically, of course, everyone knows Jason Todd Robin's origin more or less. Yeah. Well. Originally in Earth One, he was basically just blonde Dick Grayson, but they reestablished him in New Earth as being like he was an orphan who like stole the tires off the Batmobile, and Bruce was like, "That's pretty cool. Come on, go come to my cave." Yeah, <laughs> and he adopted hey, him. Stole tires. You want to come to my secret cave? Do you want to know my secret identity? <laughs> so he adopts hey, him and Frank and Robin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and like. It of course, like, the entire point is, like, unlike Dick, Jason was a lot more aggressive, because, like, he'd grown up on the streets, he, like, street smarts, and, like, uh, Jason's father was dead, yeah. I, I believe, by this point, he, he died. Sometimes, I think, because Two-Face or something, that's storyline, but basically, Jason thought his parents were dead, but he finds out, oh, wait, my mom's still alive, and she's in Iran as, like, a nurse. So Jason's like, Bruce, can we go? I want to go meet see my, meet, meet my mom. And, and Bruce is like, sure, Bruce I have air like, miles. Sure, I have a plane. Let's go. So they go to Iran, and like, there's, of course, the back part of like, Joker being like, I'm going to come to the ambassador of Iran. And basically, this all just leads up to, like, Joker has, like, and I remember because, actually, Jared Grieve brought this up. There's a brief scene where Joker does not have his makeup on in this story. It looks very weird because he's drawn like Joker, but without the makeup. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh my gosh. Like, Joker talks to like Joker is like bribing Jason's mother, and it's not because like he knows she's Robin's mom or something. It's just it's coincidental. But like eventually, like he he's like, "Mom, it's me. I'm Jason." Like there's this whole thing, and it leads up to the famous scene. Joker takes Robin. He's in a warehouse, and he's beating on him with a crowbar. And then he leaves, and there's a bomb, and it goes off, and Batman's on his way there, and it goes off before he can get there. Like, he's right outside, and he feels the explosion. And so they he had a 900 in. number. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you for reminding me, because I was about to bring that up. There was a 900 number 
at the end of that issue was like, Robin's going to, or could Robin be dead? And they had a 900 number. Call this number if you want Jason Todd to die, and call this one if you want him to survive. And, and for there's whatever been reason, allegations of like bots, or, or like, yeah, like, uh, like uh, something. There's allegations of like um, people like rigging their phone to yeah, call the number because exactly. like they didn't organize it very well because they thought well people only call once they didn't people called multiple times, and. Uh. It was. It's heavily believed to have kind of been a little bit rigged. I think it was a little bit rigged by people because there was this really bad hate dumb for Jason Todd because he wasn't Dick Grayson. How could you change that? I mean, don't we still have that? Um, we still have that now, but Grayson. I I like Jason a lot. So. Yeah, no, it's I not Dick Grayson. I, oh, like, I mean, like the Nightwing fans. Jason. Oh yeah. yeah, the Nightwing fans are like, oh, Dick's the best. Yeah. Why is um, Dick Batman yet? <laughs> Dick should, Dick should marry Catwoman and Batgirl and Starfire. Oh, yeah, basically. And Jace, there's been out gates already, but ultimately, although we originally did get a pay, that page release, it was like, oh, he's alive, but ultimately not what happened. Jason Todd died because uh, there was like among the fans and the only ex the executive uh, producers, the executives at DC as well, like there was a big hate for Jason and he ended up dying. Yeah. And this was a big turning point for Batman, because, like, up to this point, Robin had never, like, died in a way that this stuck. Because at the time, as I mentioned before, comic book death was still yeah, yeah. fresh. You had Gwen Stacy, like, Uncle Ben, and, and Jason Todd. Yeah, like, those were the three. Like, J people thought Jason Todd was dead for good, oh, and he was for a but Oh, yeah, Bucky Barnes. But that changed, but don't worry about that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh... Jason Todd died, and they had, and it was very interesting because, also because like Bruce is very much like I'm going to kill the Joker. I've he, he killed my son, and of course like back then it was like oh he killed my ward, but I don't care about that. It's his adopted son. Like you yeah. killed my son, I'm going to kill you. He also like do with that. Is, but... but if I recall correctly, he literally pulls a Batman Begins and goes, "I don't have to kill you, but I won't save you." Yeah. <laughs> Let me leave. And basically, at the end of the story, like, Joker's the ambassador to Iran, or he becomes the ambassador, he tries to, like, gas him, Batman stops him. And, like, because he, he tried to get all of the UN's leaders in one place and gas him. Look, there was, and, there was a lot of weird political stuff going on, but we're here for Jason dying. Yeah, Jason dying. But the thing I'm going to get to is, like, at the end of the story, Batman, like, Joker is shot up. And, like, he's like, oh, well, time to save me, huh, Bats? And, like, they're in a helicopter that's crashing, and Batman turns around and looks at him. And he says no. And, like, and just, no, he doesn't even say no. I think he just looks at, at him, and then leaves. And Joker's like, holy sh- holy what? And he's, like, he's actually yeah. kind of scared, because, like, he didn't expect him to do that. Because, and he leaves. Because and Joker, Joker relies on Batman's goodness. He's like, ah, I can do whatever I want, but you're not going to kill me. You won't even let me die, because you're, you're so noble. And it's like, wait, what? Wait, you're, you're supposed to you're supposed to pull me out of you're not going to leave what and then like of course yeah. there's a crash and like they, it's like and I think Batman is like he's probably not dead because he's the Joker and he's <laughs> never going to die for good of course like he's the Joker yeah. if, if DC killed him off my cells would drop he doesn't say that but it's yeah. says. and then he leaves and that's where he ends that's how and there's this very brief time where Batman gets really dark because Jason died yeah and now, thinking of and the Joker, very... um, yeah. we gotta talk about, you know, 
the big story. Oh. Oh, we have to talk about... There's two stories I actually do want to talk about. We have to talk about, of course, The Killing Joke and, very briefly, Grant Morrison and Dave McKean's Arkham Asylum, A Serious House on okay. Serious Earth. But let's start with the uh, killer Killing Joke. I'll, oh, I'll you quickly, want to take I'll, I'll quickly do Killing Joke because it's the other book I'm holding in my hand. And I know you're holding Serious House in your hand. Um, so yeah, we'll, so we'll do, do that. Okay. Quick plug for Serious House. Check out, uh, came out on Friday, A Serious House, our first episode of the Arkham Asylum Blind as a Batman playthrough, uh, where I play through the Arkham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time. I'm excited for that. And it's already out uh, by the time this video is out. Uh, in our timeline, oh, it's coming out tomorrow. <laughs> um, yep. So yeah, Killing Joke. Um, I consider this a story where Batman doesn't do anything. Yeah. Ba Batman He's there. He a Batman is, story. He is ineffectual, but it's it's got his name on the cover, so he's got to be there. But this is a story about the Joker. We learn the Joker's origin as a failed comedian who fell into a vat of bleach, chemicals, while running from Batman. Uh, and basically, long story short, he had his one bad day. Uh, his wife died, and... Uh, with with her their their not yet born child, and it's very sad. And uh, so he has to work with these criminals and dress up as the Red Hood. And the idea behind and the I, Red I Hood, always love the line where he's like, "Well, my wife's dead. I don't have to do it anymore." And the thugs are just like, no, no, "That's not how this works, buddy." And you find out during this this mission that they're on the Red Hood is a patsy. That way, these two thugs can do whatever they want and be like, oh no, the Red Hood's our leader, it's the Red Hood gang, but it's just a different guy in the costume to take the fall. Yeah, I think we've, we've all been Red Hood once or twice. He, he tries to, uh, this comedian tries to get away and jumps into a vat of chemicals and swims out, struggles, he takes the helmet off and he catches his reflection. And his skin has been bleached, his lips are blood red, well, course, and his hair is green. We have to also mention that Batman, that Batman does show up. Yeah, Batman shows in, up. He's... In Brian Bolin, Brian Bolin rendering him in his first appearance purple glovey glory. Yeah, and he scares you, the Joker and Joker. You love that. that. Um, I love that. And so, yeah. Uh, basically, in the end, wow, I forgot. Like, I haven't looked at this book in a while. It's so dazzling. Um... No, it's it's not quite first appearance, Batman. Um, it's it's he's got it's, the horns, but he's got the longer gloves. Oh yeah, well, okay, yeah. I always I I, I block out that. I imagine he's purple gloves because it looks better. But yeah, it's the horn, like um, ears, everything. So it yeah, looks great. He he absolutely terrifies this man. Jumps to a vat of chemicals, becomes the Joker. In the present day, uh, Joe Batman uh, meets up with Joker basically, and he wants to say like, "Look, we're going to kill each other." it's gonna happen yeah and if if it's gonna happen i need to know for myself that at least once i tried to make this right and it turns out the joker's escaped from arkham uh he breaks into commissioner gordon's house shoots barbara gordon in the spine thus crippling her for several years in comic and book time purple. yes and bringing us the yes, great character he never purple. got healed in the new earth continuity yeah. okay also on that note i want to notice i want to note for all of for all of viewers this story was not originally supposed to be canon. No, to the um, it was just supposed to be like a side thing, but they an imaginary story because they hadn't yet like created yeah. the uh the, the Elseworlds imprint. Yeah, 
And so they, they just started running. Then they just started writing Barbara as crippled in continuity. And it, they're like, so they get, it was such a good story. They're like, make it canon. And yeah. like Alan Moore been like, we've never supposed to be. And yeah. funny, and Alan, funny and Alan, enough. Alan Moore's like, like oh, I don't want to do it. And like, you were going to do it. I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't want to do it. Yeah, but I yes, um, I'll work on my Alan Moore impression uh, for next time. We're, we're not. We're, neither of us are at the at the level of Salon Moore, but no. Uh, so, but before we move on, the only reason I mention that is because in the New Earth continuity, she never becomes Batgirl again. Yes, they did it in the Fifty Two, but I only mention that because or she stays Oracle after the story and, forever. And turning her into Oracle now, uh, famously. Alan Moore was, uh, he asked for permission from editorial to shoot Batgirl through the spine, and he got the note back, cripple the bitch. Uh, pardon, my, pardon my French. But, and so, they didn't care, and, but okay. startlingly enough, this was the best thing to happen to the character, because it made her, yeah, because... this the, the person in the chair for so many heroes, and it made her essential, and it gave her development beyond just being another Bat character, and it was yeah. great. That's, and I um, love that because I've, I'm not going to get into the Twitter discussion because Twitter hates me as it is. But yeah, like there's like a whole, but there's an entire argument like, oh, should she have been crippled? Yes. I think it's better that she's in the real truth. I, I like her better as Oracle. I prefer Cassandra Kane or Stephanie Brown as Batgirl. Actually, I, and I, 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 think I just a, like, I love her as Batgirl too much to say I don't want her as Batgirl. Especially I nowadays. like Barbara. I'm fine with Barbara as Batgirl, but I think I like stories with her as Oracle better because she feels like a she feels more useful, honestly. Yeah, and I mean spoilers for Joker War, but she becomes Oracle at the end. Yeah, and it's amazing. She's not in the wheelchair, but she like she sits but down. She, she becomes takes Oracle. Her like, mask off, she puts her glasses back on. She's like Oracle mark, is back mark. online, and we're all like, oh, all right, that is. That is good. So, and, you know, Barbara Gordon is a great character, and Oracle is fascinating. Um, so, anyways, yeah, this is all, however, in service of Joker proving his point, which is that all it takes is one bad day to make a good man go insane. And he wants to prove that he can basically torture Commissioner Gordon, and he attempts to do so. Batman does not find the Joker. Joker sets up a whole carnival and tortures Commissioner Gordon, and Batman doesn't find him until Joker sends him tickets to the carnival, which is, again, Batman's super ineffectual in this story. Yeah, and, like, I always thought that was weird, because, like, okay, Batman, the first place you should look if the Joker has broken out is a carnival. Yeah, like, you should have a list of... A constant list of abandoned carnivals, abandoned toy factories, and you should just be checking them. Abandoned candy stores, yeah. anything uh, that's whimsical, that's abandoned, that the look, Joker could operate yeah, like, in, you should have a list. Like, just, 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 come on, Bruce. It's, it's not that hard. The guy has an ammo. I, I wish there was, like, scenes of him, like, busting, like, random toy factories. Like, he feels like the Riddler, and he's like, oh... Hey, where's Joker? I don't know. Ah, I'm going to talk to the prostitutes. No, where's Joker? She's looking for the Joker, and he, like, busts his father. The Riddler's God, not you. I'm looking for the Joker. Have, have you seen Joker? Oh, no, I haven't seen him. Okay. Riddler's, like, in the midst of a ski, but he's like, I'll deal with you later, but whatever. Um, so, don't kill anybody. Okay. <laughs> basically, in the end, uh, Joker's plan doesn't work, because Joker's wrong. Joker's nuts. Joker's wrong. And he thinks... Oh, all I have to do is prove is prove that I'm right, and he is not. Commissioner Gordon is a good man. Um, Joker's a nut job, 
And so him and Batman get in this argument, and he's like, oh, why aren't you laughing? This it, Going insane is the sane option, because the world's terrible. And Bruce is like, I don't. It, it's not. You're wrong. And he, he, so they fight, and they end up outside in the rain, and Bruce says, like, look, I wanted to say this earlier, but, like, I want to help you. And Joker, in my favorite Joker moment ever, he frowns, and he has, like, this moment of calm. And he says, no. Like, what does he exactly say? I need I need to read well, this. Well, open the book. I know. I'm, I'm actually going to do that with Serious House Serious Earth. I'm going to read I'm a few passages. Because I need to read it verbatim. Because if I don't read it verbatim, um, I, it's going to be wrong. And I'm not going to like it being wrong. You know? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I found it. Yeah, it's... Batman says, like, we could work together. I could rehabilitate you. You needn't be out there on the edge anymore. You needn't be alone. What do you say? And Joker frowns and just has... And, and in the bottom of this panel, it's he's so calm and it's... No, I'm sorry, but it's too late for that. It's far too late. And I love that. It is Joker, Joker in, in this... In possibly his final moment of sanity says, like, no. I've, I'm too far gone, and he basically. I feel like in that scene, it's kind of, it's kind of like a parallel to Bruce himself, for like Bruce, yep. like Bruce Wayne is still there; he's just buried. And it's the man that Joker was is still there, but it's buried deep within. I, I think that that was the last like escape of it. Uh, it was this yeah, moment. like I think it came out for a split second, then it and, went and back then, in. Like and then he, gone and now, then he tells but... him a joke, and as Comic Pop so eloquently pointed out, he tells this joke in a a in a cadence reminiscent of his old self with a stutter and everything and it's basically and, it's it's a good it's a funny joke i like it it's there's two guys in an insane asylum and they want to get out and they get up to the rooftop and all they got to do is jump and they're free and the first guy jumps and the second guy he's afraid of heights he doesn't want to fall and, he, and the first guy says i've got a flashlight i'll shine a beam across the roof and you can walk across another guy says what are you crazy you'd turn it off well, I was halfway across. And it's... Joker's basically saying, we are both so crazy. We can't help each other. Yeah, and like, you, you can interpret me. it in so many ways. You yeah. can interpret it as like, maybe, maybe Batman's got his own across, maybe Joker's done one across. My terms of interpretation. Yeah, maybe Joker thinks he's the one who already made it across, and Batman just won't take that final leap, or Batman's made it across and, and got through it. It's... It's a wonderful. I, it, 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 I it changed the status it quo for Batman. Uh, it did. For it really Batgirl, did. It, it really defined the relationship between Batman and Joker that has only continued to escalate. And uh, it's just, it's a fun read. It's a fun Very read. Very fun read. I recommend it. If you, it. And now, it's one of the Defender Batman stories. And now he's going to talk about a serious house on serious earth. Or she. She. I'm so sorry. Don't worry about it. I do want to say, though, I've always interpreted the joke at the end of Killing Joke as Batman made it across and kept his humanity. And, and of course, that's the myth of, like, oh, I can rehabilitate you. I can make you... Yeah. I can make you sane again. And Joe was like, you turned off him halfway across because, like, he doesn't think that Batman... It's impossible for him to do that. But, of course, now I'm going to talk about one of my favorite Batman stories and the first Batman story Grant Morrison ever wrote for DC Comics. And a very dark Batman, story. Very dark book. 
Batman Arkham Asylum, A Serious House on Serious Earth by Grant Morrison and Dave McKean. Uh, of course, the, the title of Serious House on Serious Earth actually comes from something that's quoted in the very beginning of the book. A poem by Philip Larkin, his uh, poem Church Going, A Serious House on Serious Earth it is, in whose bent air all our compulsions meet, are recognized and robed as destinies. So basically, Batman Arkham Asylum, A Serious House on Serious Earth, which from now on, I would, I would simply call a serious house and serious earth, which is an awesome name. It's it it's one of the reasons I love it is because I love the this that occultic, magical, symbolic stuff. I love stories like that. A lot of symbolism, a lot of occult sort of imagery, stuff like that. I think it's really fun, and I think it's it's a personal interest of mine. Mm-hmm. And there's something this does, and Grant Morrison himself loves that kind of stuff, and that's why he why he's one of my favorite comic writers of all time, and here in the story we get that heavily basically in batman and a serious house serious earth uh Ark- the inmates have taken over arkham asylum aka it's a normal thursday in gotham <laughs> yeah it's another tuesday in gotham and the asylum has arkham asylum has been taken over by the inmates somehow batman shows up and Bat- grant morrison i believe did the very first realistic batman in this because yeah. he wrote batman much like how frank miller wrote batman he wrote him as mentally ill. Yeah. And I believe Grant Moore says, like, I only would write him for this. I don't, I think he's like, I don't like this Batman. I wrote him like this in this story because I want him to be a legitimately mentally insane person. Yeah. He, he made him mentally ill. Batman in this story is repressed. He's crazy. He's off his rocker. And he's not like, he's not like killing people or anything, but he's very much. He is insane as the people he fights. And that's kind of the point of the story, or one of the points. And this kind of established that idea of, like, Batman's villains reflect him. Yeah. This is one of the stories that really established that. And basically, the asylum has been taken over by um, the inmates. Uh, Joker is like, hey, bats, come in. And uh, for whatever reason, Grant Morrison originally wanted him to be wearing, like, Joker be wearing, like, this skimpy outfit. And it's really weird. But. I didn't know that. That's unsettling. Oh yeah, there was a there was like a movie in the eighties which had like Madonna and she wore like this outfit and it had like tone like these cones around her breasts and it's like really weird. And originally he was like, I want Joker to be wearing that, and DC said no. Thankfully, yeah. So instead they being brought him. We don't need. Like, yeah, we know you're doing for this whole, like, sexual injury thing, Grant, but could, you're not Grant Morrison yet, as Comet Pop said. You yeah. can't do that yet. Yeah. So, we gotta stop the story... Pop so much. Yeah, we're gonna get sued. I'm, I'm too close to them as it is. Yeah. On couch, um, shelves. Yeah. <laughs> we're basically just doing, uh, the Elseworld Exchange. Yep, um, yep, I... Oh. I'm sorry, guys. Dad, nah, don't worry about it, Colin. <laughs> um, and, like, uh, uh, concurrently to the Batman story, there is a story about the founder of Arkham Asylum, Amadeus Arkham. Uh, Arkham had a mother who was mentally ill, and I love the scene, the very first scene of the book, actually, where yeah. it introduced her. Is, is Amadeus as a child, and uh, this is a very dark book with a lot of symbolism, which I won't touch upon in interest of staying mostly family friendly yeah. but I will give cliff note um, also for time of course Amadeus takes his mother because it's like in the 1910s like when he's a child um, 
Because they established, like, okay, he founded it, Arkham Asylum, in, in 1921. So, when he was a child in, like, 19... In the early 1900s, his mother... His father died several months... Uh, several years beforehand, and he's taking food to his mother. And he asks her to eat, and she says, No, I've eaten. And beetles start falling out of her mouth. She loves, like, collecting right. beetles and eating them. And... Right. It's noted by Amadeus himself, beetles are a symbol of rebirth. And this is what created Amadeus's interest in psychology. And so I bring attention to this scene especially. Because this is kind of what made him be like, I'm interested in psychology. Because he realized my mother was trying to protect herself from her, from her mental illness. And the only way that made sense to her at the time was eating these beetles. Because beetles are a symbol of rebirth. And it was in protection. And then we fast forward to Amadeus as an adult. He has a wife, he has a child, his, uh, the, he has a wife Constance and his daughter Harriet. And he's found in Arkham Asylum. He's like, his mother uh, commits suicide, and he's like, okay, I'm going to turn my childhood house into um, into this same asylum to help the mentally ill. And ultimately, like when he's in Metropolis with his family, he uh, interviews this insane, uh, this murderer named Mad Dog named Mad Dog Hawkins, Martin Hawkins, Mad Dog Hawkins. And what ends up happening is after he founds the asylum, uh Mad Dog breaks out, comes to Gotham, and kills Constance and Harriet. And there's this gruesome scene which I I, I really love. Yeah, we're gonna skip this, but I'm gonna bring up one thing. Okay. Harriet gets decapitated. They don't show it, but it is. And, like, Amadeus says, like, I look at the dollhouse, and the dollhouse looks at me because Hawkins stuffed her head to the dollhouse. And I love how it's... Yeah. The only reason I bring up is kind of love how it... Because, like, each word is in a different, like, box. Yeah. So it's, the the dollhouse looks at me. And I love that so much. I would if if we if we should if you ever do an episode on this, get me because I love the story. Um, but yeah, um, moving on, we go back to Batman. Batman and like, <laughs> Bat and Batman and this is like, do I have to go to Arkham? Yeah, <laughs> please. He, like he does it. Yeah. Like, uh, some people say like he was too whiny, but I don't think he is. Like he's like, I'll go, but I'm kind of scared too because I because I love the line he says he is. Sometimes I'm afraid that when I go in, it's going to feel like coming home, and I'm never going to want to leave. Yeah. I, I, I speed this up, but because there's so much about the story that I love, but I can't do it justice, so I'm going to try to speed up. It's a very they, dark story. Book, yeah. I, I'll warn anybody who wants to read this book. If you want to read it, go in expecting some really uncomfortable stuff. The it's very is... Oh, yeah, Dave McKean it's is an amazing artist. His art is kinetic. It Grant says, like, I wish I had gotten a different artist for the story. I think Grant needs to shut up. Because <laughs> Dave McKean perfectly captures the insanity and the mm-hmm. complete insanity of, of this story. Yeah. Yeah. Of everyone in the story. Because like. uh, uh, Grant does an interesting version of each villain because he portrays them as like people with mental illness. Like yeah. Max H. Zeus is like, he believes himself to be like a god or a messiah. Yeah, he like he takes god. the whole, like, I'm yeah. Zeus. He, like, he takes the whole I'm Zeus thing to a good, like, because he's, like, he has, like, like, there's this really uncomfortable scene, and I won't get into it, but, like, yeah. and they do great with all these villains. Like, Clayface is, like, 
a metaphor for AIDS or something, and they go full on with it. And one scene I do want to bring up before we grow into the final scene of the book. Also, I should mention, Harvey Dent is in the story, Two-Face. I love what they did with and that. And I love what they did. So basically, in their attempt to re- in the, the Arkham Asylum staff has attempted to rehabilitate Harvey by giving him a six-sided die and then a tarot card. They're trying to, to ease coin. him on to... Yeah. I, yeah, I was about to say. Yeah. Of course, Two-Face has his coin. He only makes... It's either a black or white decision. They're trying to ease him off of that into making a decision of his own. And that's very important for the end of the story. So... I'm the only thing I was like, because of course Batman's journeying through the asylum, me fighting some of his villains and like running into them, all in like an attempt to escape sounds and ultimately like a game stop. I'm playing. Sounds like a game, you know. This sounds familiar yeah, to those know, played should, uh, game called. WB should make this into Except a game. Like, Batman doesn't really fight people in this though. Like at the most he does, he he kicks Doctor Death, who's in a wheelchair down its down some stairs, and he breaks Clayface's leg. That's all he really does. And basically, there's a scene I really love where, like, of course, like, they show, like, Mad Dog Hawkins Omidase kills him. Like, he's like, I'm gonna do electroshock therapy. And he turns it on, and he leaves it on until he dies. And after that, 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 that he's very therapeutic. For Amadeus, it really was, and it's sort of it was. It's the very first step, really, into him going fully insane. Yeah, and he eventually to his own asylum. Yeah, but the one thing I want to realize is this scene I love because at one point Batman is fighting, um, is fighting, uh, Killer Croc, and they use like they use like religious Christian imagery as being like, okay, so like they compare like Killer Croc to Satan. Right. And, like, there's this scene where, like, Batman grabs, like, St. Michael's spear and stabs Croc with it. But I love the line because there is... Actually, I'll find it. I'll read it. Because... Sorry, I'll be... Give this... she'll, she'll get there. She'll get there. Uh, one point I do want to make while she looks for that is that when it comes to the killing joke, there are two versions. Uh, the original uh, design and the secondary design. I am a much bigger fan of the original, uh, where the coloring is garish. Yeah, yeah me too. I, I think it's more evocative of the Joker. I do, however, love both designs. I think Brian Ball's coloring is is gorgeous. But, uh, I just... Okay, I don't mean to interrupt, but I did find that scene. Um, uh, I'll read it directly. Uh, Amadeus is talking about how, like, his 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 friends knows how he is take him to the opera and I love I'll quote it directly I have been shown they take him to see Wagner's Parsifal and I love this line so 
they take Amadeus to see Wagner's uh, his friends. Amadeus's friends take him to see Wagner Richard Wagner's opera. Okay. Parson. Okay. And I love because all of all Amadeus's stuff is taken directly from his book. Right. Or from his diary, and yes. basically, I love this one so much. I'll quote it directly. I have been shown the path. I must follow where it leads. Like Parsifal, I must confront the re- the unreason that threatens me. I must go alone into the park tower without a backward glance and face the dragon within. And I love that one so much because they show it with him fighting Killer Croc. With of course, the obvious energy being that Killer Croc is the dragon. And Batman is like Parsifal going in. And it's yeah. very... I love that imagery. And to finish off the story itself... Batman goes and he faces, um, and he faces. Let's for a second. He faces uh, Cavendish, who reveals like, "Oh, I'm insane too," and it's like reading Amadeus. He believes that he is Amadeus in, in reincarnated. Yeah. Which of course is probably not the case, but basically, um, uh. That's how the story ends. Like, Batman beats him up, and that's kind of how the story ends. Um, also, key to note, um, Amadeus started his whole run becoming a crazy person and founding the asylum because, oh, my mother was insane, and we couldn't help her, and, oh, bless her, she kept seeing this horrible creature. Uh, the horrible creature she saw was what a bat. bat. Because isn't it always? And the implication being that Oh, Amadeus's mother was not unwell. There was no severe mental issue. She just lived in the attic and there was a bat there and it freaked her out. But nobody just decided, hey, we should see what's there. They're like, oh, this poor deer's insane. No. To be fair, she was not exactly the staple of mental health, but like she was not... The bat was... She was seeing a bat. That's that yeah. frightened her. There was a literal bat... And, uh, it just, it, it, to me, it's like, if Amadeus had gone in and just killed the bat, how different, he would, how different would things have been? So much better. Also, there's another fun imagery where, like, at one point, Amadeus, like, finds a, a Joker playing card on the floor, oh and he's like, God. one of the workers must have dropped it. So, it's foreshadowing for Joker so, and uh, Batman. We've been going for a long time, so I'm actually going to call an audible, and we're going to call it for today. Oh, yeah. This, you know what? That's my own fault. The, no, it's, it's okay. It's my fault, too. We went off on so many tangents. This is really the dark period of Batman. Not, like, dark as in bad, but dark as in grim. So, uh, next, we're, we're going to split this into, actually, a four-parter now. So, we'll, you'll have planned for two weeks after this. <laughs> uh, so, next next episode, we'll do uh, late 90s. Like late, late 90s. Late Early 2000s. The early 90s uh, way to the 2000s, because I also want to briefly talk about Nightfall. Yeah, but but it's it's where Batman, uh, for lack of a better term, becomes a little more fun. Even in Nightfall, it's like dark, but it's like a fun kind of dark, where it's not like this morose analysis. It's more just like, oh crap, this is violent, but also like cool, you know? Um, And we'll get into Hush, which is one of my favorites. And, I love Hush. I'm and so under the red hood, that. and we'll close off with uh, Flashpoint, and then we'll we'll and spend then... the last episode talking about 
uh, everything since Flashpoint and media. Uh, we'll talk about like the Dark Knight trilogy and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, this has been episode two. This has and been made theory. Yeah, this has been our analysis of Batman's dark years, as well as a thirst trap pitch for the Bat Family. And also, and also like really introducing like the dark eighties Batman. Like they're like, oh hey, we can do that. To wrap it up, the, these are elements that still affect Batman today. Uh, he is not as dark. Yeah, this he's is not as this established Melvin Batman. Yeah, he's not as mentally ill, but they took the pit of the '80s and kind of brought it up a little bit, and took elements from it and and synthesized them into the Batman we know today. He wouldn't be yeah. what we know today. We wouldn't have the Dark Knight trilogy without these seminal stories. And this really yeah. is just seminal story after seminal story after seminal story. So thank yeah, this you. is the part where we did talk about the definitive story of the Batman. We, we did, yeah. So th- this, this is there. There are other definitive stories, but these are the. This is the, the handful of them that really made the character what we know. So thank you for coming yep. on this long meandering journey with us, and we hope the destination will be enjoyable. Um, uh, I do as well. Yeah. Before so... we go, just a few quick plugs. Uh, Twitch TV. Uh, slash fandom fellowship Lindsay and i stream on sunday afternoons from 3 p.m to 6 p.m central time uh we're currently playing x-men legends 2 rise of apocalypse we'll be starting that uh this coming sunday but if you're watching this we'll have already done it so tune in on sunday and see that uh we also have bonus episodes coming out on fridays now so you get two videos a week for the price of one and the price is click the subscribe button and check out our content uh so on fridays you'll see either what's in the short box where we tackle a book that my guests have not read or you will see my blind as a batman playthrough of the arkham asylum series uh also as always discord link is in the description come hang out for movie nights and general discussion and uh, social links for myself jared Lindsay, and plan are also in the description below check out my check out my batman games because i feel like batman like them they're so good and uh she has done such an amazing job on them so uh yeah if you like this video, if you That's want to see it. more, please like, please comment. Comment down below what your favorite Batman story from this era is. What is your favorite definitive Batman story? Mine is obviously Long Halloween and plan yours is a Serious House. Serious yeah. So yeah, please comment down below. Please like. It's the best way to support us. And uh, I'm Colin. And I'm playing. And See you same, next time. Same bat channel. Same bat time. Same bat channel. That's right. Same bat time. Same bat channel. We will see you on the other side.